There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health. Palm Springs. It's dope, man. You know, we played uh, only two rounds. Played Desert Willow and and uh, PGA West. Two courses I, I really, really wanted to play. They're at PGA West right now. The pros. Oh right, yeah. They, I mean, we got it warmed up for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> left, left, left a couple of divots somewhere. For right. To stumble into. I was a little. You, I gotta be honest. I was a little disappointed how how the greens look. Oh really? Oh, really? Yeah. They had all kinds of pitch marks that that went unfixed or, or and do you think they pulled any sort of like augusta magic one week before the event and souped it up because you know have, have you seen those photos of augusta in, yes in like late march and it's barren and like denuded gross grass and then it's just like a, a wonderland yes i got it uh what's today thursday uh, they played for yeah I'm, i would be curious to see what it looks like today because it I could send you photos. It looked like straw hay in the fairways. Yeah. Oh no, in, in the in the rough, and the fairways were like plush. Yeah. And then the the greens were just like they looked like rocky after fighting uh, one of the anybody, who any, yeah. Russian dude, yeah, yeah, whoever. I, wa- I wanted to go clever yeah. Lang, but it, but the word wasn't it wasn't going. Well. Yeah, it's crazy what they can do with some of those tracks, man. Like a couple days of love and like all the greenskeepers working on them, man. Like they can turn that stuff around magically. Yeah, that and a couple buckets of Valspar paint will uh, <laughs> really do the trick. True. I was really yeah. grateful I didn't have any of that come off my shoe, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, that was the craziest thing. When I like first got into like playing loads and loads of golf, I was always like shocked at how green some greens were. Mm-hmm. And then you like walk up and then realize they're like spray painted. Straight up. You know, and I'm like, yo, like what? This is so weird. Like, especially like where I live, you know, in Kansas City, like we have all dormant grass. Right. Right. So everything dies during the winter. So you have these like, you know, really gross, like burnt out looking fairways and then these really fake, pristine greens. And I'm like, yo, don't paint it. It looks terrible. One of these things is not like the other and is clearly fake. Um, So being in Kansas City, not playing any golf at the moment because it's frigid. But uh, when do you think it'll start warming up for, for you out there? Yeah, hopefully around March. Um, usually March is like when it will start to get up into like the 30s, 40s, and 50s, which is like the 40s are acceptable golf weather for me. Uh, the 40s are not acceptable golf weather for the people that I play golf with. So it'll be a lot of like solo Saturday and Sunday mornings probably, which I'm fine with. I don't mind it. But we're actually we're leaving Kansas City in March and we're heading out to the Eastern seaboard and we're going to spend like six months kind of living out of long-term Airbnbs and go down to Florida. And like, there's, um, on like my 50 state trip, like so many places that I landed in and I was only there for like two days, like Charleston, South Carolina. And I was like, yo, like there's a vibe in the city. And like, I need to come back here, not for just like two days, you know, six hours of those being golf and then like getting in the car and driving. So we planned out like a six month trip to just like see some, see some cool stuff and like a little bit more of like the forgotten side of America that like, isn't, you know, people don't spend a ton of time going to like central Maine right. Right. You know, or whatever, hanging out up that way. So I'm going to try to kick it up that way and do that. So that sounds like a very cool plan. And you, you sort of just tease this, but in 2021, in June, May, you completed your 50 state challenge that sounds like a bad youtube video but like you 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 completed your tour of all 50 states playing golf in all 50 states um which uh, that's how i found out about you and that's how you and i got connected was i saw you complete this journey and funny enough the course that you finished at red tail in massachusetts yeah 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 devon's massachusetts i grew up playing on that golf course so oh dude there's the that's the pin flag right there but i know that's why from the 18th green i I saw that when we first talked on on video and i was like wow that's that is iconic that that you ended your journey there um but i i guess like i'm i was really drawn to you originally because I, i think your your story is unique like most most people who i hear say i've played golf in 50 states i'm not really mm-hmm. interested in that if anything i'm actually like i kind of like detest them for it because the way they present that story is 
one of a brag and of privilege, but mm-hmm. it, it feels like, and the way I've heard you talk about your journey, it feels like you approached that mission with a very different set of objectives. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the, the experience at, at like a high level and then we can dive into it? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It was kind of a wild ride, man. Like, you know, it, it first started like, you know, I started playing loads and loads of golf a couple of years ago and, you know, had a bunch of conversations with people where I was trying to drag my friends out to the golf course. And I was like, yo, there's this thing it's called golf. And it's this really incredibly interesting way to uncover like layers about yourself and taking that on this just like crazy, like meta, like learn about yourself, discover whatever. And I kept getting this like response from people. They're like, you play golf. Mm. Like you don't look like a golfer, you know, you don't sound like a Mm. golfer. You don't act like a golfer. And it kind of started like kicking off these questions in my head where I was trying to figure out how, you know, how to set definition around like who I was as a golfer. Right. And I started going out and playing loads of courses around the Pacific Northwest and started realizing that uh, I looked a little different than most people who were there, you know, like being an Arab dude with tattoos and dreadlocks, like, you know, I'd look around and, and there weren't a lot of people that looked like me and I'd get loads of eyeballs from people, you know, like I'd walk up to like, you know, a practice screen or whatever. And like the starter would look down at his clipboard and look up at me and look at his clipboard and be like, do you have your seat? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, yes, here you go, you know, and started like kicking off some conversations in my head of like, you know, golf right now is at this really interesting tipping point where it's becoming, you know, it's on its way towards becoming much more, you know, racially diverse and inclusive and and, and accessible for people. So decided I was like, yo, what would it look like for me to kind of just like jump in the car or jump on a plane and travel around America and go play golf in all 50 States really with the intention of like meeting new people, having like hard conversations about things like racial diversity, you know, racial equity versus equality and, and introduce myself to people who probably like wouldn't have had a chance to play golf with uh, a person like me or, or maybe who, you know, sees the world a, a bit different from them or can kind of give voice to like the other side. Um, and it was wild, you know, like, I think I'm like, a, I'm the type of dude who's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a thing. I'm going to do this. And, and like, I don't know if you guys have the same problem of like, I don't always fulfill some of those things. So <laughs> Uh, it became this thing. I was like, yo, like, we're going to do this, you know? And I had a bunch of my friends who were like, no, you're not like, you're not going to get this done. Uh, and yeah, so kind of started in, in Washington state and, uh, traveled, you know, all around America, all 50 States and met loads of people and had like really hard conversations with a lot of people. Um, I found that like golf courses are this like interesting thing where like one of the byproducts of golf is like emotional management like you have to keep your temper Mm. you know and sometimes i found that like having these really charged conversations or even like quick you know 30 second one minute long conversations walking down the fairway with somebody like you could talk about some of these heavy topics and like just being in the mindset of like all right how do we either let this roll off or, Mm -hmm. or or how do we you know control our responses to some of these things and a little bit more um of a mindful way was kind of really powerful. And also, you know, like I also ended up in a lot of places in America where I was like, yo, like you guys, y'all live in a bubble. Mm. Like there are not a lot of people who look different. There are not a lot of people who think different in these areas. Yeah. And, you know, rooms that I walked in were like the record scratched. And I was like, yo, like I'm trying to pay. Like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm, I'm here for yeah. it. You know, I, there are so many things that I admire about this project you know like brad and i have had this conversation before i i personally really really cherish playing golf with random people i love it i i Mm -hmm. I really like walking up and sort of spinning the roulette wheel and you know walking up to the local muni or whatever and just seeing who i get paired with because it's a new connection it's a new conversation it's a challenge whatever i also recognize that um for me it's it it's it's safe it's relatively safe to do that. Um, it's a privilege that because of the way that I look and the way that I sound, I have the privilege to be able to do that comfortably. You described going into those situations, knowing that you look, feel different to what quote unquote you said was the average looking golfer, sounding golfer. Mm -hmm. Were there any instances where 
you know you have this mission on your mind. You know you have the 50 states to lock down. Were there any states where you were feeling trepidatious about what you would find or, or the way that you would be received by a random group of people that you'd be matched up with that day? Yeah, it, uh, so it was, what month would that have been? Probably like May of 2021. And it was like immediately following, you know, George Floyd's murder in Minneapolis and like all of the, you know, civil uprisings that were happening around where people were like, yo, this is not okay. People were having, you know, really intense conversations about how people of color in America are treated, how the systems of oppression exist in America. And uh, that was, we went on like, I think we had left Seattle and we were gone for probably like two and a half months. We had a wedding that we needed to get to in Nashville. And I talked to my wife and I was like, let's just get in the car and let's just go travel around America. I think we ticked off like probably 20 or 25 states in the span of like those three months, just kind of pinballing our way through America. And I had a lot of friends in Seattle who were like, dude, like it's not the safest thing for you to do right now. Like you're going to be in like rural Idaho, Mm. you know, Mm. like you're going to be in like places that, you know, you're going to be getting gas in Nebraska, you know, like you're going to be in places that like probably aren't going to feel super comfortable, even down to having conversations around like, you know, with my wife, even, um, who, you know, is the best person on the planet. Um, but like, she's like a, you know, a young white woman. And I was like, yo, like if we get pulled over by the police, like these are the things that we need to do. Like if I get asked for, you know, my registration, like you need to grab it out of the glove box. Right. Like, or like all of these things that were just kind of like setting this, these parameters for us to live in. But we got all the way out to West Virginia and like it, uh, West Virginia in and of itself is just, man, it's that, that state needs some love. That state <laughs> needs some love hard, you know, but like we were in, I think like the city was called Lavalette. Um, and like we roll into this golf course and like I walk into this pro shop and there were probably a dozen people kind of just sitting around like Saturday, Saturday guys all in their forties, fifties, sixties. And like, if the music was playing when I walked in, it stopped, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like everybody turned and looked at me you know, I went up to the starter and I was trying to like check in and they were like, yeah, sorry, we don't have you on the tea sheet today. Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, like I, I called a couple of days ago, booked a tea time, just going out. I was like, you guys are pretty wide open. Do you mind, you know, you mind if I, I scoot out? And the guy was like, yeah, tea sheets looking a little tough today. And, you know, we probably had a conversation for maybe 30, 45 seconds. And I was like, look, man, like, I'm playing golf in all 50 states. And unfortunately, West Virginia is one of the 50 (laughs) states that I have to play in. And like, I only have a couple hours here before I got to rip out. But like, you know, and, you know, we end up having a transaction and I go out to the starter and, you know, the starter held me up as a single and let several groups play through. And it was like, kind of like, we'll get to you in a second. We'll get to you in a second. We'll get to you in a second. And like, my wife was sitting in the golf cart with me and she was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, what is going on? And I was like, yeah. I mean, this is like, this is what people think golf is like mm-hmm. everywhere, yeah. right? And these are the types of experiences people who look different, talk different, act different, are different, kind of experience in like their day-to-day lives, you know? Fortunately, that was just like a moment in time, you know, but it's wild. Like, you know, you get done with a round of golf and like you go have dinner and like, you know, people who start to have some drinks and like how flappy they get about things, you know, like start saying some like, Stuff that's like a little bit wild and out. Like my buddy Riley and I, we were towards the end of the trip. You know, we were in, uh, I think it was Rhode Island. Yeah, Newport, Rhode Island and played this like slamming golf course out there. And then we were at dinner and like, you know, I started talking about what I was doing. And, you know, this woman finds out that I'm Arab. And she like asked my buddy, she was like, do you check him for a vest every time you guys get on an airplane? And like just all these like things. And I was like, damn, like the audacity to be able to actually like say that sure in jest, but to a stranger, mm-hmm. you know? And like, man, like that stuff's like one layer deep for like a lot of America. Mm-hmm. Like it's so close to the surface still. So it was a, uh, yeah, it was interesting, you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to like say everything sucked, you know, cause a vast majority of my experiences were so positive. Like I met so many people who, just changed like one, like how I thought of like, even what my mission was as a golfer, right? Like even like what inclusion and like bias looked like 
um, you know, what biases I had in my life, like when I walked into those places and it was just as deconstructive for me, kind of surprisingly that I, I wasn't really prepared for, mm. um, just through the people that I met. Wow. Wow. That's, um, man, I, I can't say that I have had experiences like yours, but you know that, you know, as people of color, that stuff happens on the golf course, man. Like, yeah. Um, from being assessed phantom penalty strokes in a golf tournament to, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, we didn't see your ball, you know, yeah. ducking it up with your buddies. Like that kind of stuff just, it, it's, it's what we fear the most about golf. And unfortunately sometimes mm-hmm. it's true. I'm curious. I mean, I know you share with us, I think before we started recording, you know, you're recently married um, and you and your wife had these tough conversations about navigating through the country and, and what situations you might come up with or come up against. Um, and she sat there and saw one, you know, happen mm-hmm. to you at the golf course. Um, what were the, what was the conversation like after that? between the two of you, if anything, like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's people who experience, like it was a, a really interesting role reversal. Like I became the comforter to her, mm. you know, like, because she was like livid, you know, she was like boiling through the roof and she was like, I'm going to talk to every one of these people and they're going to hear what I have to say. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to like lay into them pretty hard. And like, I had to be the person who was just like, no, like, it's no big deal. Like, calm down, like it's okay. And it became this kind of really interesting other side of it where as the person who was experiencing that, my job was to de-escalate that yeah. for a person who was like experiencing like the I'm offended on behalf of you. Yeah. And it was a an interesting, you know, kind of look in of like even how desensitized I think a lot of people are to yeah. it. That like we become the comforter yes. in that moment to people who are experiencing like a, a visceral response to that. You know, we're like, yo, yo, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Like, you know, that woman who, you know, was kind of dogging on me for being Arab about, you know, having a vest or unsafe on airplanes or whatever, you know, like my buddy Riley was like, he had to leave. Like he got up and left for a moment because he was like, I'm about to make a scene on behalf of you. How are you just taking this? And I think it's, it's a kind of a really interesting role reversal where you become, you become the safe place, yeah. right? Like you kind of have to like hold on to it and be like, yo, like I've dealt with this for a long time. Yeah. You know? And it's messed uh, up, you know, cause we as people of color are up against that at any given moment, you know, like it, it could happen at any given moment. It's one of our biggest fears. You know, we walk through life mm-hmm. with this skin, with this appearance and that like we, we can't hide it, you know? Um, and it is an interesting role reversal and one like we really shouldn't have to to do you know like it's mm-hmm. not up to us to to comfort white folks <laughs> you know or yeah. or yeah. educate or you know make yeah. you feel better or any of that but there's a guilt that comes with it if we don't mm-hmm. and it's 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 unmistakable it's hard it's hard to shake that mm-hmm. like my mm-hmm. partner is also white and there are conversations we have you know sim- similar situations and 10 times out of 10, you're right. It is, yo, don't even, don't even trip. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it's okay. Like it happens. It's okay. Like, just love me. Like we'll get through it. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you, you spoke to it that way. Um, Cause that, it's a, it's a side of, I guess, uh, e- even just like interracial friendships that kind of mm-hmm. goes unsaid. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, good for her for sticking up for you, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, she would. I mean. And Riley. Like, Shout out to Riley. Let's get him yeah. on the pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my boy. Yeah, that guy. Oh, man, he's come along for, you know, he had actually, he's got a crazy story, man. Like, he had never really traveled outside of the Pacific Northwest. And I started this. And, you know, he, I think he's hit like 14 of my 50 states with me. Oh, wow. And like, I mean, we were even in like, uh, again, like, still kind of right around like all of the civil uprisings around, you know, George Floyd's murder and all of the protests that were happening around cities. We were in Richmond, Virginia on a golf trip. And like, you know, if you've ever been to Richmond, like it's, it was the capital of the Confederacy. Mm -hmm. It has just loads of racist history on display. Like there's a street that's maybe like five or six miles long 
that are all of the Confederate statues that are like memorialized mm-hmm. and idolized and they had been vandalized and, you know, they had been like marked up with like various, you know, pieces of graffiti and art. And there were like community gardens that were kind of like built around these spaces that were just like trying to reclaim, you know, the land back from, you know, what, what the monument was trying to convey for those cities. And it was funny, like, I mean, he was just mind blown, you know, like we were in DC cause we were playing in Maryland and, we were staying in DC and like, we went down, you know, and like saw all of the places that were these epicenters of, you know, uprisings and cities and people being like, yo, no, no, no. Like we're taking this back. Like we're having these conversations, whether or not you want to do it. So yeah, that guy, he's dude, he's a treat, man. He was there for the finish line. Uh, yeah. Love that guy. That's cool that you were with someone that you trust and have had a lot of shared experiences with for the culmination Mm -hmm. of, your journey on on state number 50 was that like was it a bro hug was it a like was it a (laughs) a single tear was it like what was what was that moment like when you hold the the last putt or like picked it up maybe (laughs) yeah no no no. that one that one that one made it in the cup man nice (laughs) yeah that one made it in the cup it uh i don't know man like i think about it a lot and it was actually so we teed off on on 18 um and it's crazy. Cause like, I look at things that were just like the T box on number one was like this kind of weird realization that this is over mm. or about to be over, um, hitting the turn, you know, teeing off on number 10 was like, this is the last stretch of nine holes. Mm. When we got to the 18th T box, I had two of my like long time, really close friends of mine, um, Riley and Gary, and they were both with me and I played that hole by myself. Uh, I, you know, pulled my bag off the golf cart and like, I've gotten really into walking, um, trying to get my golf friends into that as well as a bit more of a challenge. So I like pulled my golf bag off of the golf cart and I was like, you guys like, go ahead and play up. Like you guys have your hole. I need to have this experience, mm-hmm. you know? And I had no idea what it was going to be, you know, like, uh, I tee off and, you know, had a moment of like, you know, when like you feel a really powerful moment happening like anywhere in your life. Like you kind of get those chills. Like it feels like a cold bucket of water was just dumped on your head. I had that for eight minutes of golf, you know, nine minutes of golf, just kind of walking down the fairway on number 18. And, uh, you know, I hold out at the end of it. Uh, I, I hold out with a birdie, like the last, like it was so sick. Like nice. the last hole, <laughs> I was like, this is great. This couldn't have been any better. Um, and you know, I, I get done with it and I mean, I just lost it, you know, like, I mean, it was like real, this isn't like the night of my 21st birthday kind of cry, you know, like I was feeling everything and it was just this kind of culmination of, you know, like all of these experiences hitting at the same time. And also like just being like really proud of myself, you know, for getting it done. Like it took me a year and a half. And it was, you know, I, I picked up my golf bag and walked off of 18 and it was weird. Cause as soon as we were off of the golf course, it was over, you know, like we go up to the clubhouse and that's it. Right. And I, I, I sit down and like, I had a very well-deserved beer and it was over, Yeah, you know? So it was, it was, it was wild, man. Like there's a couple photos from it that are just like really intimate reflections for me still of like just completion yeah. and like completing something, you know, for me of that you know, that level of importance and magnitude and like having two of my buddies there who got to share in that experience was just so ideal. Yeah. I imagine it's like if you ever, if you watch TV shows, uh, you know, anthologically and with passion, this is the worst example ever. Cause it's the first one. Like, you know, let me think of a different one. You were going to say game of Thrones work. I was going to say friends, <laughs> Oh, um, which is, <laughs> which is the worst example, <laughs> which, which is, is terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Um, yeah. When it's over, somebody it's just feed over. me another example, whatever. <laughs> fuck it. If, if you're watching friends and you yes. get to the last episode and you know that it's coming, you know that the, the final thing yeah. is coming. Um, and it's over and you sit with that moment, like very, but you're the actor, you're the character in this, mm. in this show. And very few times in life are you given an opportunity or or a series of events where you can tell what the the culminating moment is going to be, right. when it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You don't know how it's going to be. That's the exciting part. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's just it's so fucking cool that you had this experience, regardless of like what you were feeling or however climactic or anticlimactic it was. 
it, it's so cool that you were able to go through this experience and be like, yeah, I have one more round of golf left. I have one more mm-hmm. last stretch of nine holes left. I have one more hole left. I have one more putt left. And it's a fucking mm-hmm. birdie. Mm-hmm. That's so sick. Yeah. What a way to finish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was sick, man. How'd, how'd you play that last hole? Was it driver iron? Wedge? Yeah, so it was a part five, which okay. I, we had a laugh about it. it. was like, yo, like, I mean, we're going to squeeze as much golf into this 50 state thing as possible, <laughs> right? Like, let's get along part five. Let's do it. You know, uh, you know, went driver, three wood, wedge, putt. Hell yeah. And it was it, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's exactly how you would want to draw up playing like a 530 or 540 yard par five. Yeah. You know, like there's a speed slot that you hit. That's just ideal. Uh, and it, yeah, it was just so good. It was so good. <laughs> like I got done. I was like, I just couldn't have played that any better. I mean, sure. Like the way, you know, like an Eagle would have been sick, but like, you know, one last circle for the score. I want to know how the hell you chose red tail of all. Courses. I was going to ask you, and, Connor, and like, right? <laughs> and, Cause it's, it's sort of, and, and for, for all of the courses for that matter, like you picked some yeah. out there courses that are not like mm-hmm. red tail is like a 45 minute drive away from Logan airport. Like that's not, that's, yep. that's a poke to get out there. Why, yep. why that course? Why those types of courses that are in the middle of the, the space? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I started, uh, you know, I had the aspirations. I was like, I'm going to play like top 100 U S courses, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm going to go find the Tory pines of every state. Right. Or I'm going to go find, you know, the quail hollow of every state. Um, I was on a golf trip. I was playing in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, this was actually before I lived here. So I'd flown out and like most of my golf trips were basically like, okay, what airport can I fly into and play the most amount of States? And then get back to work on Monday. Cause like this, most of this, I was a weekend warrior. Mm-hmm. So like I would show up to work on a Friday with my golf clubs, a weekend bag, you know, work a half day, go to the airport, jump on a flight, early morning tea time, sometimes 36 in a day. Right. And just like tick off as much golf as possible and then get back to work on a Monday. And people were like, how was your weekend? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, like I haven't I got some blisties. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I was in St. Louis and I was, you know, I played this really cool track out there called Peebly Farms. And it was, again, like one of those golf courses where like, you know, you play on a Saturday and like you're paying a premium, you know, it was like an expensive, nice track, used to be private, just went public. Uh, and I was talking with a guy in the pro shop and had a great day. And, and he was just like, yeah, man, like I live in St. Louis, but like nobody who lives in St. Louis plays here. It's too expensive. You know? It's 30 minutes, 45 minutes outside of the city. And like green fees are like 200 bucks. Like none of my friends play out here. And he was like, if you want to see what St. Louis golf looks like, there's three nine hole executive loops in like the center of St. Louis in Forest Park. He was like, that's where we go play. And I was like, done. So I had just gotten done playing 18, get in the car. I think I still had my golf shoes on. I got like really sidebar. Like I got really into spikeless golf shoes just because I can wear them all of the time. But I just got in the car, drove down there, walked in, talked to the guy in the pro shop, paid him like 10 bucks or whatever. And he was like, yeah, 10 bucks, unlimited golf, play whatever you want. And there was this kid who was in the pro shop who, you know, overheard me talking about playing golf in all 50 States or whatever. And he got pretty psyched. And I think he was like 15. His name's Logan. And like, I'll never forget this kid. Cause he was like, let me take you out. Like I play here four or five days a week. Like I'll like, let's go. Like, you know, and he starts ripping off behind me and, you know, like to go from playing a super seemingly inaccessible, like, you know, cost prohibitive golf course to then play in this like local backyard track, something really funny happened in that. And I was like, yo, like I realize how inaccessible I'm making even people understanding mm. kind of this journey of playing mm. golf in all 50 States when you're paying, 200 300 350 dollars to go play you know around a golf you're like all right like it's just you're burning dumb money like you're doing something that's kind of silly and it's not accessible for the everyday person who you're trying to get interested and invested in golf so after playing that round with that kid like he was just so excited about like the future of golf and everything and i was like all right like i need to rethink some of this right like i don't want to go just play really exclusive golf courses and like figure out who I have in my golf network that I can call and be like, yo, can you get me on Prairie Dunes or whatever? Um, 
I wanted to go play like the place that like, you know, the 25 handicapper is playing, you know, once a month with his buddies and like, you know, drinking beer and like playing cash games and just like laughing and having a silly experience. Cause that's how, you know, that's how I started playing mm. golf. Like that was what was exciting to me about like my inception into my, my reality as a golfer. So after that, I started looking at saying, okay, basically like, can I set like a cost prohibition on some of the rounds that I play? And red tail was just one of those, you know, like it used to be on like the top 100 courses you can yeah. play like a couple years ago, recently went through, I think like a, a ownership transition. And I saw a picture of the clubhouse and it's like a shack. And I was like, yep, mm. like <laughs> that's, that's what I'm one. looking for. You know, that's it. So yeah, I made that the finish line and it was great, man. Like they were cool. They were, you know, really excited that, kid who worked in the pro shop like went down and took the pin flag off of number 18 you know and was just like it was actually the plane flag so it's like pretty dirty and gross and i have like a wall of like you know some of the collectors ones over there but like that's the most coveted one that i own and it's disgusting (laughs) you know (laughs) covered in chemicals and pesticides and yeah 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 yeah. like spray paint for the greens for the winter just everything (laughs) I, i love that accessibility was a factor for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we talk so much about it in, you know, golf media, make the game more accessible, mm-hmm. make it more inclusive. Da, 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 da. I mean, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not of the golf industry. You are a, a lover, you an enthusiast, a, yeah. a, a player who just like wanted to do a cool thing and did it. Mm-hmm. And like, in an accessible way in like a, an admirable way. Like mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I, I, I love hearing you talk about this. I can see how passionate yeah. you are about it. Um, yeah. and yeah, this is, yeah, I recently had a long talk with my wife. I'm like trying to get her on board with me doing another loop Ooh. and basically doing all 50 States for less than $50. Yeah per round that's the move right Right. and just and just trying to be like okay so like let's actually look at like local municipal golf courses because like my like my backyard muni course that i was playing in seattle when i like really first started obsessing over the game you know it was like 18 dollars to go walk 18 holes or something like that you know like if you got a morning tea time on a saturday or sunday maybe you were paying 30 bucks right you know and so it was like available for people like $30 is not an astronomical amount of money for, you know, folks to go pay to go play golf. So I had the idea and I was just, I'm kind of, I'm trying to work her down on this one to let me go again, go do another 50 state loop and just try to go find those like hidden gems of municipal golf courses where, you know, like the greens are in terrible shape, you know, like nobody knows how to fix a divot yet, you know, but like, that's the place where every, like every golfer, like doesn't matter who you are there is like, unless you were like born into like a country club life and like kind of grew up playing golf there, but for a vast majority of golfers or or golf fanatics, like you grew up playing golf on like a municipal course, Mm -hmm. you know, like you hear all the stories about like parents dropping their kids off, giving them $5 so they can get a bucket of balls, Mm -hmm. hitting some balls and then, you know, paying like a junior rate and go playing 18 holes as a kid, you know, like that is not happening on a private golf course, right? There are rules in place. So that does not happen you know, to discourage. So everybody fell in love with golf. Yeah. Everybody fell in love with like a muni course. So we'll see if that happens. We'll see if that's in the future. I got some other things that I'm kind of focusing on for this year, but be a treat, man. What are some questions that you found yourself repeatedly asking random people that you were playing with to get to the root of the place to get to the root of the people and hopefully to get to the root of like why you were doing this thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate asking people the question, like, what do you do for work? Like I get that question all the time. And like, I give like just such a vanilla answer that like nobody actually knows what I do for work. If you (laughs) ask me, you know, like I just default to saying I'm a consultant and that's it. You know, then I immediately move on. Like I started asking people. Yeah, totally. You know, I'm like, this is, no, you know, because what you're doing is, you know, you're tr- even that question, you're trying to like categorize people yes. based on probably like income or totally. socioeconomic status or whatever. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. Like, I'm not here for that level of conversation. I started asking people like, what do they think about 
You know, like I love asking people the question of like, what do you spend your time thinking Mm. about? Right. Or like, what's an interesting problem that you're thinking your way through right now? Like it could be as simple as like, my wife doesn't know what she wants to have for dinner. Or it could be as big as like, my kids are going to college and like, I don't know how I'm going to save for, you know, their college education. Right. Like, I mean, that was kind of like the spectrum that that question Mm. starts to starts to get at. And what you're doing in that is you're not asking somebody to give you, um, like a badge that they're wear or like a, like a, um, a a public representation of who they are. Like you're asking about how they think. Right. Right? And that becomes kind of like an interesting segue or starting point to, I think just meaningful conversations, you know, um, it didn't always work. I mean, there were loads of conversations that I had with people, uh, that, you know, was trying to pry and they were just like, stop, (laughs) like, you know, and trying to be respectful of that too, because like not everybody's trying to have like a deep, meaningful, impactful conversation when they're, you know, like duffing chip shots or like fatting their wedges, you know, yeah. like, so it's, it's a bit of like, you know, when and where to have some of those conversations. And, you know, there were, there was one dude, like, uh, this guy, Dennis, uh, we were playing in, I think, uh, what's the state on the other side of Minnesota, Wisconsin. Uh, mm-hmm. we were, yeah, we were in Hudson, Wisconsin. <laughs> we were playing this like cool little track there called white Eagle. And it was like early on in kind of the 50 states. It was probably, I think it was state like 12 or 13. And I had called the clubhouse. They arranged for like one of the dudes who plays there a bunch to come out and meet me. And, you know, I'm solo. I'm in like the middle of like a relatively rural area outside of the Twin Cities. And I come up and I'm putting and like this dude walks up to me with like a Marine Corps emblem on his T-shirt and like Marine Corps iron covers. And it's kind of just like an old classic like Midwest white dude. And I was like, this is not going to go very well. Uh <laughs> And immediately, you know, like we get whole, through like hole number one and, you know, he turns around and he looks at me and he's like, Ferris, where are you from? And I was like, well, you know, I, I live in Seattle, you know, kind of grew up bouncing around to a couple of different places. And, and he goes, where's your family from? Ooh. And I just looked up at him. I was like, Dennis, are you, are you trying to ask why I'm not white? Mm-hmm. And he like laughed. He was like, yeah, yeah but I don't know how to ask that. Yeah. You know? And I was just like, we're in sick. You're like, that's, that's my foot in the door to have a conversation yeah. with you, an actual conversation with you. Yeah. Yeah. Which was wild. Cause looking back on it, like he had so much, he didn't have the words to respectfully communicate the things that he was trying right. to understand, yeah. you know? So it took like loads of like boldness on his end to even kind of start that conversation. And it was, you know, like we get to the turn and, uh, we hit the turn and he goes, yo, like, how about you just jump in my golf cart? Like, I love the conversations that we're having. And this guy that like, you know, back to, you know, I was talking earlier about like, even some of the biases that I had, that I had to break down kind of throughout this adventure was, uh, you know, I said, this guy's not the guy for me. We're going to have nothing in common. We think about the world completely different. And I put him in a box and I was just like, this is who you're going to be. We get to the turn and he was just like, dude, jump in my golf cart. Like, let's play together. Hmm. You know, like we get to like the 17th and 18th hole. And like, he's telling me about, you know, his first wife who had passed away and his second wife and his kids who are my age and how, you know, I would, I'm his son's age and his son never picked up golf. And he thought that this would be like, what it would be like to golf with his kid on a Saturday. And it was just this really powerful experience where I was like, yes, like, and I'm so happy that it happened so early into my 50 States that I was like, this is the kind of stuff that I'm, you know, is like, this is the story that people need to talk about in golf is like how reconciling of a community it actually is. Like, sure. There's like, you know, things live on kind of the peripheries of it where like, you know, like bad stuff happens in any community, mm-hmm. you know, but like at the core of it, like I was so like excited about understanding more and more of golf. And like, I'd probably only played golf like for like three years, maybe two and a half or three years mm-hmm. at that point. So it was like, you know, still learning and it was just so sick. That's really beautiful that he said, let's play together at the turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, what had you been doing before that? You know, but I think yeah. it's a, it's an interesting point because there are those rounds where you play with random people and you, you referenced this earlier where it's like, you're not really trying to have that conversation. You're just sort of like, you're there captively. You're like, you're there like in mm-hmm. the same group because it just happened to work out on the timesheet, but you're just sort of like moving through the same space at the same time. Mm-hmm. But for him to invite you in like that shows openness, shows maybe growth, shows reciprocation of that openness from you. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I 
it sounds like a really beautiful experience to have with somebody who you, like you said, thought might act a little differently towards you. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. the conversation. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's like what we're all yeah. here for. That's why we do this because we mm-hmm. know that golf has the power to do that. And you like, you walked into it and you, you embraced it and like you lived it out. It was his name, uh, Gary, Darren, De- Dennis. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Dennis is, dude, he, it was actually crazy. So I, uh, I love this man. So I get hyped when I talk about this guy. Cause like I text him, I don't know, every couple of months. And oh, when I got homie. done, when I got, yeah, dude, when I got done at, uh, when I got done at red tail, finished my 50th state, I texted Dennis before I texted my wife that I was done. Wow. Well, like this guy was like hitting me with like all these updates and he was just like, yo, like, where are you? Where are you playing? What number are you at? I like tried to introduce him to Instagram so I could like send him <laughs> pictures. And he was like, that's not going to happen. And so I had texted him. I had texted him when I got done and I just got like a bunch of emojis back and no words, you know, like it was like golf emojis, oh hand God, clap emojis so and like, I had assumed this like 80, 85 year old man had just recently learned from somebody in his life what emojis oh. were. And he was like, this is how I'm going to communicate from now on. And I, I, I just liked the message and that was it. And like, there was just this weird moment of like, this is exactly what this should be. Oh <laughs> God. Protect Dennis. Mm. Yeah. He's a star. Yeah. Dude, that dude, that's incredible. I know, uh, Ferris, we've, we're just meeting here for the first time, but I am a, I'm a lifelong Wisconsin resident um, and, and Brad and Connor got to come out to Wisconsin last August. So it's, it warms my heart knowing that the Midwest nice is, is, <laughs> is real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, by and large, like the golf community is, I, I don't know, like, I think when I set out, you know, when I check my heart and I look at like the expectations I had, I was expecting conflict mm-hmm. when in reality, most of the time I, you know, Drew, to your point, like I met the Midwest nice. Like I met people who invited me to their houses for dinner. You know, I met people who were, you know, you know, would have, you know, random lunches with people after a round of 18. And they were like, Oh, like I got your lunch. Like, let me take care of it. You know, like I met so much hospitality, you know, uh, and it's crazy. Cause like, that's the golf that I want to introduce people to, mm-hmm. you know, like we have to deal with like the BS and like, kind of like you know, the, the lack of catching up to kind of the social normities that we're starting to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think golf will do that, right? I think the golf community will do that. I think it's important also to, you know, I've been mindful of dividing like golf. I hear you guys talk about it as like capital G golf, capital like G golf golf, yeah. as a thing yeah. versus like the institution of golfers. Right. And like, cause golf, like as a whole, doesn't care who you are. Mm-hmm. Like golf doesn't care if you have cargo shorts on, Golf doesn't care if you're barefoot, like golf just requires you to show up and try, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like all of the other kind of rules and things that, you know, make golf feel so inaccessible or like so uncomfortable. Like I hate wearing golf clothes. Like it is not my style. It's not what I like to wear. Like I will roll up to a golf course wearing a hoodie because I don't have a polo on. And I'm like, as long as you can't see my collar, we're good, right? <laughs> you know, and, and it, it's just, yeah, it's just such an interesting kind of concept that, you know, again, like the vast majority of golfers just love the experience they get to have because nothing else exists on a golf course other than people playing golf. <laughs> That's cool. Beautiful. What, let's say you have some copycats pop up and not in a negative <laughs> way, just like people who are like, no, it's Yo, great. Ferris, like it. what you did was incredible. I want to try and do something similar. What, um, what advice do you have to people who are like, I want to do that? Marry a flight attendant so you can fly for free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that's a big part. Like, first step, <laughs> first step. It's funny. Like there's a, there's a thing in like the airline community or uh, airline professionals. It's like, marry me and fly for free. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. No, but like, you know, I think like it part of my encouragement for it is like, do like make it whatever you want. Mm. You know, like, you know, when, when Tom Coyne came out and published his book called the course called America, he, you know, he played in all 50 States and he also played all of like the top 100 courses. So it's like, if that's your vibe, do that. You know, like if you want to pay $500 to go play Pebble beach, because when you started playing golf, you also picked up like, you know, PGA 
2K, to whatever, you know, like you were playing like Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. you know, and like you remember every, you know, hole on Pebble Beach or Spyglass or whatever you want to yeah. play. Go do it. You know, like if you want to have a while and out adventure and like you want to have late nights, like partying with your friends, go do it. You know, like it's, it's one of those things that like make it whatever you want, but have intention behind it, you know, and, and, and jump into it, man. You know? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But marry a flight attendant for sure. That's that's number one. (laughs) Underpin. Yeah. I think a lot about it. There's actually, uh, I, you know, I thought like load, like now knowing like loads of people who work in the airline industry, I'm like, y'all need to play golf. Because you have, yes. you know, 18, 24, 30 hour layovers yeah. in Maui, you know, like my wife goes to Hawaii once a month and I'm like, man, bring a half set. Right. You'll have a great yeah. time. Work, work on your like three quarter swings. Just like, just have a day, have, have a really nice time. Yeah. That's so funny. That's it, man. That's it. Um, last thing I want to ask you before we get into our meat and potatoes is uh, I want some numbies from your experience like so (laughs) we need the numbies we need the numbies so um yeah (laughs) just and even like estimate dollars spent cumulatively uh number of strokes uh like balls lost bird like whatever what like whatever comes to mind that you think is relevant yeah what what are some numbers in mind yeah, so actually, Connor, you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I I have um, a case of all of my scorecards from all 50 states, and I pulled them out, and I added it up, and across 50 states, so this will tell you how good of a golfer I am, across all 50 states, uh, it was 4,000, I actually have the number here, it was 4,517 strokes. 4, 5, 17. Okay. Yeah. Across 50 states. So it's like a 90 average. Uh, yeah, so it was. I think it came out to like ninety-two average yeah. or something like that. Where I had you know slamming days where like, and I'm like I've gotten more and more progressively honest with my scorekeeping. <laughs> uh, you know, so like definitely had days where I was shooting in the high seventies, but also had days where I was shooting like, like Tory Pines is hard, yes. you guys. <laughs> and like, it is long. That dude. I mean, you're hitting you know driver four iron into every yes. par four. Yeah. You know, like up. there are golf courses that are just like protecting the heck out of itself from you trying to score low. So that was that man is, you know, 4,500 shots. Uh, I haven't added up birdies. It would be probably sad. Like <laughs> I definitely would not add up bogeys, doubles or triples. Um, but would be curious. Yeah. I mean, that's also the thing. Like, you know, you ask like, what would you say to somebody who's trying to do this is like, you know, it's expen- like it was, you know, it was spending, yeah. you know, but like was super worth it. Yeah. Um, also, like I got to work from the road for mm. almost all of it, you know, like when COVID happened, like my job, you know, we went fully remote. So like, I was like, why would I sit in Seattle and work in Seattle or sit in Kansas City and work in Kansas City when I can go play, you know, fly to Philadelphia for the weekend, work out of Philadelphia for the week and play golf in four states in like five days or whatever, you know? So it was, uh, yeah, there's numbers, man, probably sad numbers that I don't necessarily want to know. <laughs> well, when you write the book there, there's yes. gotta be a, yeah. a data section. Yeah. Just, just title yeah. it numbies. It'll numbies. be, it'll just be numbies. like that wink and nod yeah. to group off there. Yeah. We'll yeah. know. Yeah, actually, I'll put a little, That's for us. I'll put a little trademark sign next to yeah. it and just have it say uh, GGT instead of a little TF. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's love. I feel like, Ferris, you're about to knock these meat and potatoes questions out of the park. I can't wait to hear every single answer. Uh, Drew, yeah, man, hit Drew kick us off, man. I'm going to start with a, a fun one because you experienced a lot of these while you were out and about traveling the world. Um or maybe this will be something from, you know, from, from when you first started playing, but what are some of your favorite golf smells? Yeah. I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this one. I mean, it's easy. Like the softball pitch is like playing golf in like on the coast, mm-hmm. right? Like playing golf on like the West coast, mm-hmm. you get the Pacific ocean smell. Mm. I fell in love with golf in the Pacific Northwest and not necessarily on the coast. So like the smell of like pine trees, or like gorse or like, like that is just like when you roll up to a golf course and you get out of the car and it's like a crisp morning and you take that first deep breath and it's just like pine. Mm. 
that's it, man. Like that's it. That's why when I was living in Portland, I would just, I would hit the ball into the trees all the time. Cause I just wanted to, like, <laughs> <That's why. laughs> I just wanted to walk amongst the pine and feel, feel yes. the sap and smell the smells. Yeah. I'm going to put that one in my pocket for the next time. I'm just chunking it out of the woods <laughs> from now on. Just here for the just smell. For you the smell the pine. <laughs> what would your champion's dinner menu be if you won yeah. a tournament? And you next year yeah. got to pick the menu that every every past champion ate. What would you choose? Yeah, this is like tough, man. Because like I'm like a pretty big food guy. Like I obsess over like New James Beard, you know, award winning restaurants, and like you know, like I'm hunting Michelin stars everywhere I go. <laughs> um, but like my, I'm a sucker for like Nashville hot fried chicken. Ooh. Like, I think, I think that would be it, man. Like, I want to like harken back to like, you know, my Arab roots a little bit and say like, like a couscous dish or like some lamb or something, but like nothing hits harder than like Nashville hot chicken and like a piece of like, you know, like the, like the really crappy, like wonder bread, yes, like yes. white bread under it, you know, like, and the pickles. it's just, I mean, it's out of control. Oh, it's There's out of control. Slaw. Man. So are you, Come are you on. talking like, like the hot the hot chicken not just not like what people actually in nashville eat but like the shit that they make yankees eat as initiation rites like the, <laughs> the, as sean brock puts it the the stuff yeah. that you have to put a roll of toilet paper in the freezer for because it's going to be it's like a three-day experience like that is that yes. the shit that you're talking yeah. about yeah, I mean, yeah, no part of it should be uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> or no part of it should be comfortable. No, yes, you know, yes, 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 okay. Where it's like, it, yeah, it's no part of the experience is enjoyable, except your soul is on fire. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. So yes. it would be Nashville so hot good. chicken, anything else, just that. Just You just make people sweat. No. And you're, you're, <laughs> you're fine. And then everybody rolls up to the first tee tomorrow in complete agony. Just dead. Just dead. They don't. They don't make oh, it to the tea time, and you win by default again. The poor guy who has to clean out those porter potties after my <laughs> master's oh, dinner, man. God. No, yeah, but I mean, I just the like the like the slaw, like the mac and cheese, like you know, when you get like so, like true southern mac and cheese, man. It's it's. I mean, that's it. Like, I'm a comfort soul food guy, soul food guy, kind of through and through. That'd be it, man. If you could just take the restaurant Hattie B's, shout out Hattie B's. Uh, I'll take whatever sponsorships you're interested in sending my <laughs> yes. way for the future. We'll, we'll try and make something uh, if you happen. Take for the you. restaurant Hattie B's, <laughs> slide it into Augusta. Done. Oh, Dope. So good. Um, what is the time on the golf course you have laughed the hardest? Uh, I I mean, we used to be like pretty rowdy. You know, I think a lot of people when they're playing golf, like I said this earlier, you know, but like we'd be filling our golf bags with like beers and like, so there's, I mean, silly shenanigans, you know, crashed golf carts, flipped golf carts, kind of, you know, kind of that silly stuff. But, uh, I think the one that sticks out the most, I was playing this, like there's this beautiful Mike Strantz golf course called tobacco road in Stanford, North Carolina. And to this day is like one of my favorite golf courses. I actually have the, uh, the, the route map printed out above my computer in my office. Um, and like kind of tragic story for Mike Strantz, but he designed just a couple golf mm-hmm. courses before he passed away and tobacco road is like his crowning jewel. And if you, you've ever played it or you've ever been there, I think it's like number 12 or 13, there is a 40 foot bunker <laughs> where you are down and there is a sheer wall yeah. that is easily 40 feet tall. And all I was thinking on my second shot was just avoid that. Like you're fine. Just avoid that. And like playing like the game of don'ts, like I just sent one right into the right. pit. And I was with I was with my buddy Riley, and I think I swung seven times, seven, <laughs> eight times trying to get out of that bunker. And then finally just straight up turned around and just sent one backwards <laughs> to then have an approach shot back in. And I was just howling with laughter oh, the entire time. And like Riley's doubled over on the green, just like waiting. He's like, dude, can I putt? Like, can we <laughs> please get this party going? And I was just dead. I mean, I was rolling around, rolling around on the sand, just like so howling good. laughter. That's amazing. Did you ever yeah. change clubs while in the bunker? Because there is nothing no. more embarrassing <laughs> and, and like excruciating than being like, I have to change clubs in from yes. this bunker because I can't get out of it. 
Right. Yeah, well, I mean, that would have been the responsible thing, but like I brought a wedge from the golf right. cart and walked, you know, all the way down to this pit. So you're like, I'm not going back. What am I going like, yeah, to swallow go back. my pride and go back? No, I'm making this work right. right now. And if the high toe wedge doesn't get me out of here, Boki, I'm calling you real soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's very good. Um, what is your, what's your walk up music? This is tough because like I, uh, Lately, I think like my theme song, there's this kind of like indie artist that I found called Lady Bree. And like, I'm a su- sucker for like stomp and clap soul music. Like that is, that is what I spend most of my time listening to. And she has this track called Making a Move. Actually, she has an EP called Making a Move. And it is the most like affirming, feel good, stomp and clap, like soul funk pop music that is just like, I mean, even like the end of that song, she just screams like, move out my way, devil. Like the whole song is just like, I'm here, I'm in it, let's have a day, you know? And that for sure is like, you know, I'm I'm recently kind of on a quest for like some health. Go to the gym every day and like playing the band in Solstice in a couple months. So like have to be able to do that. And that is like the song that I play on like the four minute drive to the gym. That is like, all right, buddy, like, let's go, let's do this. That's right. That's Love another, that. I mean, like you're playing in the band in solstice. That's, that's a topic point in and of itself. Dude, I'm so stoked. I, it's all I think about Brad, right now. Like I've coveted this for so long. Brad Drew, do you know what this is? No. You play every Not course yet. at Bandon in one day. Oh yeah. So it's <laughs> 72 holes of golf here, dude. It's the craziest it's thing. Like, so they have an open lottery. I've been on the lottery list for three years. Wow. I finally got the chance to try to book a spot this last year and got in. And basically, I think this year it's like Pacific Dunes, Bandon Dunes, Sheep Ranch, and Old Mac. And you go play 72 holes of golf from sunup to sundown on the solstice, the longest day of the year. There's only like 120 people that get invited and you get to do it every year. And like, if you've played abandoned before, it's a mandatory walk. So it's like, you know, 25 or 30 miles or something like that. And I've actually never been to abandoned. So I figured if I was going to go for the first time, like, let's see it all. Wait, Connor, you've done this before. I've never done it before because the list is so, it's so competitive to do it. Oh, Uh, you, and the cool thing about it is once you get your spot, you're like, you're in you you don't lose that like you get a recurring invite so oh Ferris, you're like a golf digest hot list tester <laughs> dude so many people are gonna be sliding into the dms yes <laughs> yes you just yeah, become a yeah, highly sick, coveted man. golf partner because yeah, yeah like yeah. You're, you're the ticket that is so dope it's incredible yeah i'm pumped wow it should be yeah. good man it, it seemed like it was easy for you to strike up this conversation with dennis De- yeah, yeah dennis um, curious, and I think Connor, you you put this question in the in the doc for Ferris. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked on the podcast about uh, playing golf with a younger version of ourselves, listening mm-hmm. to that younger version, the, the version of the the yourself that first learned to play golf. Um, mm-hmm. What would that experience be like for you? What do you envision that you two would talk about? after having yeah. played golf in 50 states and now you're going to play band and solstice, like one, do you ever think mm-hmm. you would be here? And yeah, like what, what do you think the conversation would be like? Yeah. Well, first buy Bitcoin. <laughs> I could probably tell myself that like hard, like definitely like just stay on it. Don't sell buy Bitcoin. Um, buy yeah, Bitcoin, I mean, marry a flight think, attendant. That's like, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. you're set. Yeah. I've actually thought a lot about this and, and it's like the thing that I would, would, it's hard to like not get like a bit caught up, like just emotional, but ask for help, mm. you know, like knowing the reality that like younger me would go through to get to current me, you know, like the tragic like losses that I would have in my life, the battles with, you know, um, like pretty intense challenges with mental health and like severe depression. Like it would just be so affirming of like, you're going to be okay. And like ask for help, Mm. you know, part of it would also want to be like just sharing the excitement. You know, I think that, 
I had a friend who always used to tell me that like, you know, the, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's New Jersey. And I think, you know, for people who are like, you know, familiar with like New York, New Jersey, like you get to the other side of the tunnel and it's like Hoboken, like it's not, that tight, <laughs> you know? So like when people talk about like, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, sometimes it's New Jersey and like that doesn't fill the story enough. Um, and I would just want to spend time like talking that guy up, man, like making him, you know, know that it's going to be okay. You know, ask for help, lean on people around you and, you know, just, that's beautiful. yeah, it's, it's, that'd be so good. And I think younger me would look at current me and be like, what the heck? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> golf? No. <laughs> First of all, younger me wouldn't be playing golf. Like 15 year old me, 20 year old me probably wouldn't be nowhere near a golf course. Yeah. And, and like, where, where do you think golf has played a role, if at all? No is a fine answer. But where do you mm-hmm. think, if at all, golf has played a role in your journey with mental health and overcoming yeah. some of the, the things that you felt in the past and, and still experience maybe? Totally. Yeah. I mean, when I first started playing golf, uh, it was an excuse to wake up in the morning on a Saturday. You know, like when I first got super into playing golf, like, you know, like I have no shame about it. Like I was experiencing probably some of the like worst, most intense depression of my life. And like I was out late, I was spending a lot of time drinking, like I was waking up at two, three o'clock in the afternoon uh, and my entire identity was like my career. Everything else outside of that was just totally shot. Um, And starting to play golf was literally like an excuse to like get up in the morning on the weekends and like get out early. And like, everybody talks about like, you know, get up, get outside, get some vitamin D, go for a walk, get exercise. And little did I know that like golf was the conduit for me actually starting to do some of the things that were giving me the opportunity to get myself out of some of those holes. Um, it also became some of the most like long standing trusted relationships and friendships that I have were from the golf community. Mm people that like the universe just like put in front of me and was like, you can be your transparent, whole broken in need, scared, anxious self in front of this person. And they're going to support you, you know, the same way on the golf course as they do off the golf course. And, you know, even just as simply as like, it got me outside, you know, it was like such a huge part of it. And, you know, even like, you know, I, I kind of called back to it earlier, but like part of it is even just being able to control my emotions, to let stuff go, like to understand like what's important and what's not. Um, and I think golf taught me a lot of that stuff, man. Like the ability to like, you know, feel it, let it go, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or also like, you know, yeah, just really healthy conversations with people who are sharing an experience with you. Like it's crazy what the golf community has the ability to be uh, to the people that need it, you know, it's wild. If, if that is not an ad for group golf therapy, I don't know what is. <laughs> right. We don't yeah. need to re-record the intro. We yeah, just did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paris just took care of it for us. One of our favorite questions we like to ask is, is what is your, what is your mortal wound or, or what is your Achilles heel or what's, what's that one thing? Yeah. Cinnamon rolls probably. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a pan of hot cinnamon rolls. <laughs> Uh, Hell yeah. yeah. I, I mean, dude, I could crush, I mean, keep it away. Like <laughs> I, we had, I mean, we had cinnamon rolls. So you're we had dead two ass. You're like, I, you're like, yes. I'm like, no, like I, this is no joke. This is no joke. Like it is an issue. <laughs> uh, it for our, so we had two weddings. We had yeah. a COVID wedding with just like a small gathering, you know, 20 people Then we had, you know, a larger gathering, like pretty recently about a few months ago. And for both of those, we didn't have a cake. We had cinnamon rolls. We had like a cinnamon roll cake. Hell and my yeah. favorite picture from my wedding is my wife and I cutting the cake and just cutting into a giant cinnamon roll and throwing the cinnamon roll up in the air and catching yes. it in my mouth. And that was the culmination of my childhood and adulthood. That is amazing. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I could take it like you know, deep and emotional, but like cinnamon rolls. No, that's dude, that's, that's a great. That's what that's why I love these questions. Mic mic drop. Yeah, right. They're up to the yeah. guest interpretation. Hundred yeah. percent. Cinnamon rolls. Does uh does does your does your wife uh, feel the same way about cinnamon rolls as, as you are? Is it is a a shared love, or was this was she doing this for you? No, this is an obsession. <laughs> like this, like 
<laughs> this what might have been like i think i had three things that i got out of the wedding everything else i was like you and the wedding planners handle it i want a sick dance party i want yes. an open bar and i want yeah. cinnamon rolls anything else i'm good it's all you it. sure yeah yeah, yeah. It's all yeah. You. i love it yeah yeah man oh wow it's one of my favorite answers we ever had. Right, same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you ever see me on a golf course, cinnamon roll. Who needs a turn a dog? A, a turn roll. A turn roll. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Dude, that's like they have sausage rolls in the UK. And like, right? I don't know if you've ever had a sausage yeah. roll, but uh-huh. like I'm down with sausage rolls. But like if you hit me with like a freshly baked cinnamon roll at the it's turn. over. I mean, that's like yeah. that, 36, that becomes no problem. Yeah, oh, 36. That becomes a defining characteristic of a golf course. This place yes. has cinnamon rolls. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that's a yeah. marketing. Yo, if you asked me yeah. my favorite golf smell and there was a golf course that had freshly baked cinnamon rolls at the halfway Instant. house, mm. I don't care about, I don't care about pine, pine trees. trees. Right. Oh, right. Burn the pine it's, trees. Yes. It's cinnamon you don't even care about the golf course anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I don't come no, here for this no, course. Just, what yeah. a dog leg, right? Uh-uh. I'm just gonna no, post up, <laughs> post up at the turn stand and just right out, out <laughs> this pan. Oh man, yeah, that's it. Done. Well, we know what we're bringing to the the group golf therapy Ferris holiday foursome. It's cinnamon yep. rolls. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm just gonna say this there. would be a banging foursome. This would be a lot of fun. Um, oh yeah. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully we can make that happen in 2022. Dude, anytime you guys want. Again, free, free miles. I, marry me in four for free. <laughs> right. I'm saying yeah, I can get I can get anywhere. <laughs> I can get anywhere. Well, next time, next time the three of us link up in person, we'll we'll give you head head start, head notice, and and we can make it happen. But um, Ferris, thank you so much for your time. As always, I really, really, yeah. truly love talking to you and hearing your stories. You've got a lot of them. You have 50 of them plus. So thank you sincerely. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for all this stuff. I mean, dude, like I just, yeah, I love your guys's position on just closing gaps, you know, whatever those gaps are inside of the world of golf, but then also kind of the hearts and, and minds of golfers, you know? Um, so I love it, man. Keep going. Keep finding the fairway, man. Stay in the short grass and enjoy. Hit them straight and mind your golf. Hit them straight. You know, I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, no, <he> does. <laughs> Let's be honest. If you want. Yeah. <laughs>